This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And as promised, the second episode this week that we were teasing, Rogers went on the Pat McAfee show aired his grievances, said what he needed to say, made some, you know, decisions, declarations, proclamations about what his future looks like, um, but nothing official yet. So this episode, I guess, is just talking about all things Aaron Rodgers because we said it was coming. So here it is. It has happened. Well, it hasn't happened, happened, but it's essentially happened. <laughs> it's the most Aaron Rodgers thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee. He went on a long soliloquy before he finally About said the history of the franchise yes dating back all the way it started in 2020 but fast forward here we are and he says i fully intend to play for the new york jets um there were a lot of tidbits in there a lot of quotes to be taken out um but essentially he has told almost a week now the jets and the packers of his intentions to play for the jets and so it's just all about finalizing the the trade details now yeah and i mean i think one of the things that was so interesting and we've talked about this obviously a lot in the dms privately just you know our own thoughts and perspectives on this but i was pretty adamant all off season that aaron rodgers was going to retire you were not wrong he was 90 percent yeah. went into the darkness and then he changed his mind so i was close thought i yeah. was gonna be right that time but so let's talk about that because i think there's like a lot of conversations right now around did he change his mind because he heard the packers were ready to move on and it's spiteful or did he my interpretation of what he said was that he actually in the darkness decided Actually, I feel like I still have more in me. Yeah. And so I feel like his intention was actually to go back to the Packers. I agree. But then he came out and realized, okay, maybe they're actually really ready for me to move on. I guess uh, my decision now, if I still want to play, is I have to go play somewhere else. Yeah. And I mean, I think the hard part with a lot of this, right, is that you have to take it with a grain of salt because we're getting Aaron Rodgers perspective. 500,000 people tuned in, right? Half a million people tuned into this show to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to say. So he, gave, he gave his perspective of the situation, but we don't know. You know, he said he came out of the darkness and found out from people he trusts, like his friends that are players, his that he was being circle. shopped. So you know, we will never know, I guess, the full side of things until a tell-all novel comes out in the year 2035. But until that point, all we have to go off of right now, right, is what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, like, and I, we talked about this pre-show, and I'll, I'll give a shot. I, if anyone out there listens to ESPN Daily as regularly as I do, like, you know that they have great, great episodes, like, on the regular. They had Rob Domofsky on today, obviously, Packers ESPN reporter, who had said, like, this wasn't just... And look, Rodgers, I think, actually very much handled himself with, like, respect and grace as it relates to, like, discussing his relationship with the franchise. And I have said, and I will say it again, there is no such thing as an amicable divorce. There is always some pieces of this that's going to make either party unhappy. But 
Rob Domofsky pointed out, he's like, look, the Packers from the franchise perspective haven't really been able to like share their side of things. And they probably will never because it just, they don't need to, it doesn't make sense for them to, but he will say that the Packers felt like in terms of this kind of dignified communication that Rogers was talking about, they did check in with him right up until the darkness retreat. There was occasional check-ins he and they didn't feel like he was really giving them anything. They weren't going to push him for an answer, but they were kind of like, to me, communication is a two-way street. It is a two-way street, right? That was Rob's point on ESPN, which was like, this isn't just the way Rogers feels about communication, but it's also the way the Packers were feeling about the way that he was handling his time. And I get it. Like, I fully get that this could not have been an easy decision. And Roger said that, right? He said, like, in an ideal world, I win a Super Bowl, I ride off into the sunset, I retire a Packer and, like, don't look back. But mm-hmm. that's just not the situation that we're in. So you're having to decide between completely, like, uprooting your life that you've lived for 18 years, which is literally half of his life, and play for a new team versus looking at your life and deciding if – you even want to play football anymore. And there's so much that goes into that decision. So I don't fault Rogers for taking their time. I also don't fault the Packers franchise for saying, look, bro, we have a business to run here. We have a guy who's been waiting for three years. We've been dealing with this shit for three years with you. Like we respect you take your time, but also don't fault us for, you know, checking out the market, seeing what all of our options are. Like, I think neither party did anything wrong. It's just unfortunate that both rights didn't align exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, things change too. I I fully believe, and, you know, maybe you disagree with this, but when Aaron Rodgers was asked, you know, at his locker last training camp, you know, does this contract mean that you are retiring a Packer? And he said, yes. Like I felt that I 100% thought that that was going to be the scenario, but you know, things change and his desire to keep playing. And, you know, you can't fault the Packers either for having to figure out what they've got with Jordan love who has been sitting. And I understand, you know, the, the chip on the shoulder of Rogers for, having Jordan Love get drafted, then going out and having two MVP seasons is like a, I'll show you. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate these things happen. But if you look at the flip side, there are probably at least what, 25, 26 other franchises, if not at least 30 franchises that would switch positions with you. Yeah. I mean, I actually think like of all the ways that this could have gone down in hindsight, it, it went down pretty amicably. Mm-hmm. pretty respectfully so. like as best as it could have got- i think it could have gotten a lot uglier a lot uglier and do like you, what i was just gonna say do you think there's potential for it to get ugly now that rogers has come on and said i want to be a jet no because i think the intent is still there like the intent yeah i think the packers want to do right by him I think the Packers want to do right by him. They always have. I think they want to get fair compensation, but there's been a lot of like rumblings about, Oh, well, like the Packers have no incentive to move him now. And now they can like dig their heels in and ask for, I don't think that they're, that's their intention or has it ever been like, you know, like I saw actually Matt Schneidman this morning say like, just refuting again, these claims, like the Packers are not sitting around asking for like two first round picks. Like this is going to be, 
nobody wants this to drag on. It's distracting, one. And two, like the franchises both have other things they need to get done, right, on both sides. So I think they're nailing out the nitty gritty. I'm sure Roger's contract is just making this difficult. I, I like, yeah. I think that's probably what it is. Maybe they're trying to decide if they want to include players in compensation. Like I have no idea, but I think actually Rogers did the Packers a favor by laying this out there. You know, you brought up the L word before we started recording and it's been the thing going around Twitter, which is like, who has the leverage here and the Packers fully do. Um, and Rogers gave that to them. He did. And he is a smart dude. You know what I mean? He knows what he's doing with every move that he makes. So he had to know that's what it would look like. I actually appreciate him coming on and saying, look, there's all this stuff swirling around. I'm seeing it. Let me give you my side and let the front offices do what they got to do. Like I'm going to, but I'm going to be a jet next year. Um, and I, I think there's something powerful about that too. And he's always been somebody that's wanted to control his own narrative. Yes. And you have to respect that. It's like people being mad that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. You know, if these guys want to be in control of their own situation, you can't fault them for that. And I think it was important for him to come on the show and say, look, my decision has been made since last Friday. This is not me. This is not an yes. Aaron Rodgers. You know, people throw around the word like diva a lot. Like this is not an Aaron Rodgers diva moment. This was him saying, no, you know, I figured out what I need to do here. And, it's like, you know, you said, I'm glad you brought up, you know, his contract because the Packers, we can talk about it. You mentioned Mina Kime saying the Packers did right by him by giving him that massive contract that they gave him. But that also yeah. now makes it really tricky to kind yeah. of figure out what that's going to look like, whoever takes on that cap. I just don't see how either team can drag this out. And, you know, we can talk about this too, but with that kind of money floating around you're inhibited by, you know, free agents. You don't know what any of your cap situation is going to look like. So there's no, the Packers aren't sitting there like, oh yes, let's keep this thing dragging. They need to know Jordan loves our guy. Now we need to build around him. Let's get these yeah. numbers off the books. I think the one thing though, uh, yes, I think the dead money is the dead money. Mm -hmm. So of all of the figures here, the Packers have a better like understanding. Like this sucks most for the Jets. Mm -hmm. Rogers, knows it'll happen when it happens he'll report to whatever camp he reports to he's got time Packers also got time the Jets don't right mm -hmm. they are the ones hamstringed by this but I also think that that's going to mean that they're going to want to get this done as quickly as possible you mentioned Mina again gonna just shout out Mina amazing podcast Patrick Claiborne on friend of the show Mina Kimes friend of the show Mina Kimes um <laughs> always has just really like nice kind of like even keel perspective on all of this. So highly suggest you go listen to her words. But I think my biggest takeaway, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I was at work. I waited until he announced his decision and then I kind of followed along on the rest of it. Um, so if you watch the whole thing, I, I got them the main snippets. <laughs> um, I just felt very like, it was the first time I got emotional in this process because look the writing on has been on the wall for this for a while right oh, yeah. like yeah it became clear over the last few weeks he probably still wants to play and the jets feel like the destination even when it was maybe the raiders maybe the panthers maybe this maybe that and then now it's clear right none of this was like a surprise i think it would have been more surprising if anything if he was like i'm gonna retire or i want to return back to packers but this was like the least surprising outcome yeah. but it still was like quite shocking to actually hear it 
you know, because it's speculation until he says it. And you and I have said for a while, right? Like, we're not going to be part of the speculation. And then you kind of get dragged into it because there's nothing else to talk about. (laughs) And, like, the writing was on the wall. But then you hear, like, like I just said, you know, like, this man has been in the same place for 18 years, half of his life. He's now literally, like, moving his home Mm-hmm. to a new city, to a new place he's never lived before. Welcome, Aaron. New York's the best. And, like, it it almost felt like he was one of us yep. explaining, like, how emotional and how difficult this decision was and how much he loves Green Bay. Like, to hear him, like, call out, like, local businesses, how much he loves the fans, how much he loves the franchise. Like, it was just all love, which is a very Aaron. Like, Aaron, at the end of the day, is a hippie. Right. Like Aaron is like full blown and like you can make comments about, you know, his viewpoints on certain things. But like, in my opinion, Aaron is a hippie. So it didn't surprise me that he was like all love about this and also just made it a lot easier to hear this news as a fan. It could have been scorched earth. It could have been spiteful. Right. It could have been the press conference airing of grievances or he came back and you're like, does he even really want to be here? He seems <laughs> mad, you know? And, and it was not that it was, I'm so grateful for my time. I love this place with all my heart. I wish it hadn't been like this, but I'm still ready to play at a high level. It just kind of is what it is. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 